Okay, reading from the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Book One, Chapter Three, Text One to Four. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Si Parikshit Uvacha Bhagavan Bhagavantam Haram Tatra Bhavavishtaya Hare Nityantam Kirtiyantam Cha Kritisankarshanachanam Visham Nandishvaradim Cha Shlagamanam Nijanugan Pritya Sajaya Shabdani Gita Vajyani Tandata Sri Prikshit said, I got hold this. Arriving in Shivaloka from a distance, the sage Narada saw Lord Shiva Srihara, who had just finished the worship of Lord Sankarshan. Srihari, of Lord Shankarshan, Srihari, entranced in ecstatic love. Lord Shiva was dancing and loudly singing the glories of the Lord, while his associates played instrumental music and shouted Jai Jai. With great affection, he praised his assistants like Nandishvara, as well as the goddess Uma, who was expertly clapping her hands. The sight of all this delighted Narada. Vibrating his vena and nodding his head to show respect, he called out several times, you are the greatest recipient of Krishna's mercy. And in a sweet voice, he recounted to Lord Shiva everything he just told him by their father, Lord Brahma. Commentary. Lord Shiva had just finished worshiping the deity, Lord Sankarsana. The rituals of his worship were similar to those Narada had witnessed on the earth and Prayag. But at the end of this worship, Lord Shiva displayed the symptoms of ecstasy described in this verse. Worship the Supreme Lord's deity attracts both neophytes and advanced souls. But Vaishnavas who are fully self-realized enjoy intimate relationships with their worshipable deity. For such Vaishnavas, the Lord's acceptance of even the simplest act of devotion brings profound devotional ecstasies. Thus Narada found Lord Shiva in a trance of Sankirtan, reciting prayers of Lord Sankarshan, similar to those recorded in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Quote, O oh my Lord, you are the only worshipable person. You are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the reservoir of all opulences. You secure, your secure lotus feet are the only source of protection for all your devotees whom you satisfy by manifesting yourself in various forms. O oh my Lord, you deliver your devotees from the clutches of material existence. Non-devotees, however, remain entangled in material existence by your will. Kindly accept me as your eternal servant. Since Lord Shiva is an incarnation of the personality of Godhead, and Lord Shiva and the personality of Godhead are therefore non-different, Lord Shiva does not need to worship Lord Sankarsana to become purified from material illusion. Lord Shiva performs worship eternally with standard paraphernalia to educate the world about the transcendental taste of devotional service. Brahma is also considered an incarnation of Godhead, but Shiva and Brahma are not equal in status. Lord Shiva is non-different from Vishnu in a more literal sense. The post of Brahma is always occupied by a jiva, whereas the, that no jiva can ever become Vishnu Tattva. Omigana Timarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Saksurun Malatam Yena Tazmai Sri Gurave Namaha.
Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadati Swapadantikam Pancha Kalpa Turubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayevacha Patitanam Pabhanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivas Adigor Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So greetings from Rama Ashram in Kali, Colombia. Kind of made a joke on on Janmastani. I was, you know, the congregation was here, and I was telling them when I first came here, I thought one way to maintain the ashram was have a music business. <laughs> and I said this with all seriousness. I can't say it with serious now. And the name of the music business was going to be Kali Kartal. <laughs> I guess we're in a real, I have a little audience here now. Uh, we're in a real jolly mood. It's uh, our last day here. And then tomorrow we head back to America. And then after... 10 days go right on. But it's a very nice day. Yesterday, I have a nice teacher training. They're doing, a, I'm still today too, two days of the Yoga Sutras. And I actually introduced the Yoga Sutras here. I used to teach it initially. So I was asked to give a, an introduction. It's very interesting because it's the number two by Professor Edwin Bryan, it's the number two seller on Amazon.com, or at least it was for like Eastern spiritual books. And it's absolutely a brilliant, brilliant thing. And and, uh, and he was a very kind soul. So he had joined the Hare Krishna movement in Vrindavan when I was there. So he always remembered me. And we had a friendship, and uh, because as you know, generally from my, recently I've gotten a little bit different karma, but generally I never really had my own place. So I kind of would wander around. Even in Vrindavan, I never had my own place. It was always somebody else's place. And when I come back to Vrindavan, I would never know where my stuff is because I forgot which place it was. And, and Lisa kind of gave me the key to his house. And then one day I saw the manuscript that he was working on, which was the Yoga Sutras. And I started reading it and it was fascinating and it was extremely relevant to Krishna consciousness. Why? Because in the Vedas, there really was no, there's, there's different darshans of philosophies. Vedanta is scriptural analysis. Shankar is philosophical analysis. Nyaya is logic. Visheshika is atomism. I don't forget that is. And um, yoga was mental discipline, meditation, or really psychology. So it was. So what happened is, different teachers at a particular time, for the sake of teaching it. And this is what happens when people become less and less qualified. People have to break the subjects into more and more things for people to digest it. So Pantanjali took the, that, that aspect within the Vedas and, and the corpus of literature, and he, he broke it down into one subject, and then they write sutras. They codify the knowledge, and that's a, a really effective way of learning. You codify it. It, it allows for the memorization of a corpus of philosophies. 
you're very terse in words and that you you learn it and then you have the reference point uh, uh, you know atato brahma jigasa from the vedanta sutra and then atato now and then you, you you remember all the commentaries on now that now is not just um a particular point but it's hierarchical hierarchical means atato brahma jigasa now you know that you've come to the human form of life or now that you've studied all other you know darshans it's it's now it's it has this hierarchical sense and has this sense of earth so therefore they expand atato brahma jigasa it's time to um inquire because in a human life Prabhupada said that you have the ability to inquire he said you know what's the difference between what's the difference between a human being and an animal Prabhupada said said the human being can ask why I am suffering now of course I, I take that why I'm suffering uh what did I do wrong what should I be doing? How, who am I? So it leads to self-realization suffering. Because suffering indicates there's something wrong. Anyway, and, and so many things. And, to inter, uh, inquire into Brahman, Tato Brahma Jigasa, into something great, <laughs> something between, be beyond your limited context of reality. And that's what a Brahmin is. Brahmin means broad-minded. We're like children. We have bad stomachs and we see the Sunday feast and our, our, our reality is when it begins and when it ends and the enjoyment that's there and not everything beyond. So Brahmin means one who's broad-minded. He can see beyond the limited context. So, you know, such a, so when I saw it, I understood that, of course, it, it, that yoga is also part of Krishna consciousness, mental, you know, but here in one place, it was so, stud and and I actually, after that, I I, I wrote a, a, an extensive article called Yoga Psychology, because I understood that the template of all psychology, any school of psychology, could be explained through the Vedic understanding of, of the mind and, and you know what problems are how they're solved etc so I wrote something on, on yoga psychology and then I used to give seminars on that and I remember there were like different professors of psychology that would come to the yoga class and sit into the nits they would understand their own system of transformation through the the yoga suit. So it's nice, and and it's packed. And, you know, like it's really was a lot of people there, so that was good. Um, and of course, I think I see some people that have been here. You come here, you'll never eat a papaya again in your life. What to speak of a pineapple? I don't, I'm spoiled. I can only eat organic apples and organic blueberries in America. Can't eat any other fruit. Maybe a navel orange. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll leave tomorrow. Now, um, of course, this, this book that we're reading, it, it's it's the genius. As we're reading it, we can see the realization of we can see the realization of Sanatana Goswami. Because what he's communicating, you know, is the topmost stage. So he's giving the other stages. So that you understand the fundamentals. It's like one, it's like a ladder. You gotta understand one stage to get to the other stage. So you gotta understand like like the Bhagavatam. 
Atra sargas visargas jastatir poshanam utaya. Um, Atra sargas visargas cha. It begins with creation and post creation. So if you don't understand the greatness of God and your own insignificance, you'll misunderstand the Ras Lila. And we initially understand our God's greatness and our insignificance through opulence. So we have to we have to understand the creation to become. That's the first step in God realization mentioned in the Bhagavatam. Seeing God in the world. And I had that realization when I went to the Himalayas and when I, I just, I was leading a bus party and I just had to stop the bus and just look at the ranges of the Himalayas. How they, you know, I got the kind of, you know, what am I, a guy from Brooklyn thinking about the Himalayas? I'm, I'm looking up at these tall mountains, you know, but I thought, wow, it's ranges, just vast ranges. And I, I felt like spiritual. I felt, you know, wow, so insignificant. I needed to see power. I needed to see power before I saw love. So he, he he's presenting this topmost thing in, in, in sages, in, in stages and sages. <laughs> he's presenting it in, in stages to, and, and, and that's it, to philosophically, and emotionally prepare one to assimilate truth. I'm, my latest Monday morning greetings, which you'll see tomorrow, is called Ignorance, Meaning, and Expansion of Consciousness. And the basic gist of it is how important knowledge is for perception. I, I gave a simple example. And actually, whenever I, I write a really uh, like philosophical article, I started already for next week. It's it's about Titus, some guy that lives off the grid. Kind of made me feel humble. A guy who like, never went camping and hates country walks <laughs> and then see someone, you know, just live in, in like, it, it just was so beautiful and impressive. And I just, ah, uh, you know, um, but, uh, so I, I do write simple things too, but this one was more philosophical. So whenever a philosophical, philosophical article that, that I, I it's creative, it's because it's not that I read, I, I put things together and express them myself. So just to see that it's, it, it, it's solid, I send it to Mahamuni, Professor Matthew Dasty, who's got his PhD in Nyaya. So we send it. And he, he said he liked it. It's solid. But it, so I, I, I began just by just saying, it, it, I just asked the question. If you, uh, uh, if you, if 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 you if you put a monkey in a room and you give him a computer, does he see the computer? Does he see the computer? So it's it's so obvious that there's higher levels and expansion of consciousness and deeper meaning that are accessed when we have a deeper understanding. So when you want to understand things deeper and deeper, you need some type of general education. It doesn't mean you have to be a scholar, but you have to understand some, you have to, uh, you have to expand your consciousness by education. So we can see that how Sanatana Goswami is so absolutely brilliant because he's doing this, he's also, he's also, in, uh, one I think I, I, I appreciate here about Sham Ashram, 
and it's always been it's always been something that I've realized and I've tried to do is that and I think it's it may be a little bit Hare Krishna movement could be stronger on that is that um a center needs someone who's there who can speak and teach the philosophy of Krishna consciousness in an engaging manner. They have that here. I think that's so important because that's how you advance in Krishna consciousness by hearing. Of course, there's online classes now and there's so many things, but it's great to have that personal touch. Um, so to see Sanatana Goswami in, in that meditation of his, that it born of deep compassion. Preaching, teaching should be, should be born of deep compassion. Because you should have an experience of something that you want to share with others. And I mentioned many times before, if you don't have that, and you're in the world, you just may become envious of people who have more than you. But you have to have that spiritual standard, and that can, and then you really deeply have compassion, because you have this higher experience based on enlightening the consciousness by reading and applying the sacred texts, and so you really begin to appreciate Sanat and Goswami how he's channeled or written or or rewrote or whatever it is but how he's prevented this story this story that's so engaging it's just like the the bhagavad gita that it's on a battlefield why is it on a battlefield the important thing is the philosophy but when there's a fight then everyone loves to see it i remember Growing up, Coney Island, Manhattan Beach, and you're sitting there, and then all of a sudden you see half the beach running to the other side, and someone says, "Fight, fight!" <laughs> and everybody, the whole the whole beach is running to to one side. So that's the that's the Bhagavad Gita. It's fight, fight, <laughs> and everybody's attentive to it. The Mahabharata. This is also Vyasadev, so brilliant. You know, you have this whole war, you have this whole intrigue, but within it, within the cover coating is the medicine, the Bhagavad Gita, the philosophy. And if so, it really takes so much compassion because faith, and compassion is also connected to faith. What's the faith? The faith is in what you're experiencing. The faith is the suffering, your understanding of the suffering of people who don't have it. And you don't move an inch without faith. So by that, that compassion, you want to communicate it. And then Krishna, Krishna empowers you to do it. What to speak of, of, of the work of, 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 of the work of writing such a great text. So now we're up to this section, and it, it's kind of progressive. It's this beautiful story. It's a different story than the Bhagavatam, but it's it's based on the Bhagavatam because it's the summary of the Bhagavatam by Maharaj Prickett to his mother. It's the summary of the Bhag of of a book akin to the Bhagavatam by um Jaimini Rishi to Janame Jaya. So it, it's akin, and because it's akin to the Bhagavatam, even though the shape is different, you have the same stages being discussed. It's the same as, as the Bhagavatam. The levels of devotion. I forgot I forgot what their names are, but there's you know there's Ganamishra Bhakti and this, and there's different levels of bhakti until you get up to the gopis. And so, um, so here, Narada, 
Narada went to Lord Brahma and glorified him, and, and Lord Brahma, it, it you know, just began to psychologically. You do my deities after washing. Go get him a tissue. Is there a tissue here? Go wash your hands. No, let him no, let him wash his hands, and then come back, and then leave the tissues for him. Um, what was I talking about? Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma. Yeah, so, yeah, Lord Brahma, just, uh, it's just, again, what is it presenting? It's presenting um, devotion. And one aspect of devotion is um, two things. One aspect of devotion, Chaito Darpanamarchanam, is the heart is pure. And when the heart and when the heart is pure, um, you don't desire to be the center. You have no selfishness in you. So you don't gravitate towards the, the that position of, of, of being the controller and enjoyer. And, and the whole world is moving that way because they're not pure. I wrote one Monday morning greetings called You're Wrong, just to show people how much they're attached to that conception of false ego. Because what wrong means is I lose power. I'm wrong. Or we think we lose power. Because generally, you get ruled by truth. So if you're in an argument with someone, and then they're right, <laughs> then, then you're under their conception, and they're, and they're better than you. And so, you know, we, we think, well, we don't have false ego, but then the next time someone tells you you're wrong, we fight to the death. So the whole world is moving in that direction and, and the devotee is moving in the other direction. So he's got this pure heart and he has no desire for the center. And then when he's glorified, he, he kind of shuns it and turns his consciousness inward and honestly sees where he's lacking. And even if he's not lacking, he feels lacking. Because that's the nature of prema. Prema is a hunger for Krishna. So the greater your hunger is, the the more you, the, the more you think you have less of what you are hungry for. So you're hungry for devotion. You don't think you have devotion. So Brahma just reflects on himself and just like, come on, Brahma Vimohan Lila. I just stole the cows. I made such a fool of myself. And not only that, all the people I'm glorified for being like the head of the demigods. You know what my Indra did? You know? And you know what this one did? And, and Varuna? Varuna stole Nanda Maharaj. We entered the water. And this one. And we're all so screwed up. And you're glorified. And uh, at least when I screwed up, I went to Vrindavan. So I think it was worth it because I got to go to Brudja. But I didn't stay very long because I'm such an offensive guy. I just got to get out. You know, I couldn't stay too long, just like three days or three years. I stayed for three days, offered my respects, my obeisances, and then I left. But you really want to see someone advance. Then he goes to Lord Shiva. And Lord Shiva, and Brahma's mentioning it right here, Lord Shiva is it's not Vishnu Tattva, it's Shiva Tattva, but it's equal to Krishna. And that verse is quoted the second offense. We say, you know, uh, to think demigods equal or independent, but actually the word is Lord Shiva. The main offense is, is to think Lord Shiva is different. Milk to yogurt. Yogurt is nothing but milk. And the only difference is yogurt cannot become milk, but milk can become yogurt. 
But if you are a a vegan, you don't take milk or yogurt because they're the same thing, <laughs> right? Right? But um, so yeah, he he, he and he, he glorifies Lord Shiva and, and you know he says we wear these beautiful ornaments. Lord Shiva wears garlands of weeds, intoxicating weeds <laughs> and skulls. He said, but he but he's so smart because the garlands wither. Those things also wither. He doesn't lose anything. <laughs> and and his his level of ecstasy and I get I, I, I couldn't give her Anyakashipu liberation, but Lord Shiva could give me liberation. And not only he gives me liberation, but all people on his planet get liberation. And I don't think that he's different. And not only that, and 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 and, and then he, he goes and he, he explains, but what does he see? He sees, okay, there can be worship done. But real bhakti is the consciousness that is the consciousness that is done behind it. The consciousness that is done behind it. And this is the consciousness, he's he's in ecstasy. And therefore, it makes an interesting point about deity worship. It's for the neophytes. It's yeah, it, it's for the neophytes. And, and, and but it, it's not just for the neophytes. How is it for the neophytes? Because what is Tantra? Tantra transforms the material into spiritual. So, how do you transform the material into spiritual? You use it for God. So the the incense is fragrance. Fragrance is unique to the earth. Then you order water. Yeah, that's that's taste. Taste is is. Water doesn't have fragrance, but has taste. And then it has all the other experiences. And then fire doesn't have taste or fragrance, but it has vision. Earth, water, fire, air. Air doesn't have fragrance by itself. It doesn't have fragrance. It, 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 you, can't, you can't see it. Fire, you can see. And uh, you can't taste it but you can feel it. And then ether. Ether, you can't see. You can't feel you can't, it, but you can hear it. So it represents earth, water, fire, air, ether. There's the, the incense, then the, the, the fire, the, the water, the air, the peacock feather, and then the chamara is a little bit more subtle, or the sound. And, and so it means it's it's transforming material into spiritual. And because the neophyte is involved in an enjoying way with the material, to have him engage the senses and the material activities for God, it, it transforms and it purifies them. So it's recommended that way to deal with the fragrances and the beautiful colors and the tastes and everything, but for God. But it says it's not just for the, the, uh, the neophytes. It's also for people who are, who are advanced in, in, in Krishna consciousness, who are advanced. And it's their relationship with Krishna. Ultimately, what the deity should be is the Lord in your heart that you see externally. And that's your deity. That's your deity. What's in your heart, now you've recognized externally and you develop a relationship with, with the deity. 
and the rituals what Shiva is doing to, to, to for others in one sense, because he can have Bob Seva. Bob Seva is when you just worship the deities basically almost with your tears and with all the other paraphernalia. But, but you know, the, the, the lamp, the lamp just doesn't represent transforming, you know, there's like fire. It's your heart. It represents your heart. So this is like your relationship with Krishna and your 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 yeah. So um, very. So Lord Shiva is just he's Narada comes, and he explains that. Wow, look at this. Of course, the other thing that Lord Brahma told him is, is, wait a second, don't go to Mount Kailash. Lord Shiva is expanded in Mount Kailash. But there, it's only in relationship to his, he's, he, he's, he reciprocates with his devotee, Kavera, and, and acts as his god, guard. But there's a Shiva Loka planet beyond the universe where Lord Shiva lives in so much opulence and you'll see his full bob and his full devotion. And it can only go by the devotees of Lord Shiva, but you, you have that bob. You can enter. And this is such a, a, a interesting, there are places you can only enter by consciousness. You can only enter, you can only enter Krishna by consciousness. Because we're, we're, we're separate. That verse, Daivi, Esha, Gunamayi, Mamamaya, Dharateya, Mameviye, Prapadyante, Mayam, Eta. This divine energy of mine is impossible to overcome. But one who surrenders can overcome. Consciousness overcomes what covers us from Krishna. And because it's Krishna's energy that is covering us from him, we can't materially remove it. It's it's like being in a door and trying to get in, and it's locked from the other side. The owner has to let you in. So it's with with and talking about God, it's another realm. And therefore, the Brahma Samhita says, "Pantastu koti vatsasampra, pantastu koti." But the sampra sampagayo vayor etapi manaso mani pungavanam. You can by the speed of the mind for billions of years you can't touch the lotus feet of Krishna. So we're separated by our faith, our conviction, our desire, our want. When we want Krishna, we have Krishna. It's simple as that. Because we don't want Krishna, we're here. Because we don't want Krishna, we don't want to serve Krishna, and we don't want to anukulyena krishna nu shilanam. We don't want to have our shilanam, our mind, our body and words, anu, follow Krishna. We don't want it to follow Krishna. Because we don't love him. When you love someone, your 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 mind, body, and words are just a slave to their needs, a slave to their desires. Not in a codependent way, but out of love, like a mother. So love, love is such a humble position, so antithetical to the false ego of superiority. It's I'm a servant. We relish that. We take that activity. So now we will somehow, it's a dim room. and I have, So now let's read on what happens here. And again, the Bhav of Lord Shiva, a real devotee, a real devotee, 
how much they don't want profit, admiration, and distinction. How much they don't care for that. Puja, worship, pratishta, distinction. They really don't. And therefore, they can be very honest and open-hearted. They're not bluffing. They're not manipulating all these things to protect our ego. So, Narada came closer, hoping to touch the dust of, of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna, <clears throat> the best friend of the Vaishnavas. But as the sage came near Lord Shiva, a flood of Krishna-conscious pleasure driving him wild forcibly drew Narada closer and embraced him. Without hesitating, he asked Narada respect. Dear son of Brahma, what are you saying? Because he just repeated all his glories. And Lord Shiva is in this ecstasy. And he's on that emotional platform. He's guided by his feelings. And the feelings are pure. So it's good to guide yourself by your feelings when they're pure. And if they're not pure, better to be guided by your intelligence. <laughs> There's even a stage of advanced devotion called, Jiva Goswami mentions it, Ajata Ruchi Raganuga Bhakti. Ajata before born Raganuga Bhakti. So what is Raganuga Bhakti before you're born? before ajata ruchi, before ruchi, real taste is born? What spontaneous devotion? Well, you have that goal. You have that goal. And you cultivate that goal and you hear about that goal. But you keep yourself under the regulation of Shastra because your heart is not completely pure. And if you're not regulated by your intelligence you'll you'll do you know you just won't be fixed so he gave an example some of you don't have the mantras but when you do the um gopal mantra and there's a meditation on krishna govinda gopi janavalaba he says, so you're regulated, you have to do these activities, but you think of Krishna in Vamsivat, under a tree, blowing his flute to attract Krishna. So, but Lord Shiva, there's no external formalities in his life. It's like Narada comes, a flood of Krishna conscious pleasure driving him wild. I have to go to the Sanskrit because the words give the bhav. Sri Krishna Rasa. Hmm. Eka Priya. Lord Shiva is described as Eka Priya. One of the Priyas. Of those who love Krishna, he's number one. Eka Priya. In this world. Drawing close. Aslisha. Aslisha. What is that? Wait, wow. the last verse of the Shikshastaka. Asishiva, Asishiva, Padaratam, Adarshana, Asisha. Embracing and embracing the sage. Akrishya coming closer. Sammata, 
Mata goes mad. Some of the complete madness. Complete madness. And a Krishna Rasa Darya, a flood of Krishna Rasa, a flood of the transcendental taste. Sri Krishna Rasa Darya, a flood of the of the transcendental taste of his rasa, his relationship with Krishna. It just poured forth from his consciousness when he saw the devotee of Krishna, Sri Narada drawing him close, embracing him wildly. This is what Narada is seeing. He's looking for the topmost devotee of Krishna's mercy. Absorbed by the taste of talking with the superlative Vaishnava Narada, Lord Shiva then stopped his playful dancing and sat down. He sat on a straw mat in the Virasana posture and a few of his Gentle companions seated themselves around him. With devotion, Narada bowed down to Lord Shiva, the life and soul of poverty, and chanted the six-syllable Rudra mantra. So absorbed in the... in, in the Because Narada, he's just... Narada just speaks about Krishna. And, and that's what bhakti is the the a person's level of advancement is his attraction for speaking about krishna and hearing about krishna that's one's level of attraction so lord shiva wants to hear about krishna nard is speaking about krishna and it's a flood of nectar So he stopped what he was doing and he wanted, he became some bhashana, bhasha like Govinda bhasha, it means a converse, a discussion. So he's conversing rasa, a pluton, he became a pluton, he became absorbed in Sambhashana Rasa, this Rasa of conversing with who? With Sri Vaishnava Shreshta, the, the Shreshta, the, the, the best, Nama Shreshtam, Manumapi, Sachi Putram, Atrasa Rupam, Rupam, Nama Shreshtam, it means the best, but this is Sri Vaishnava Shreshtam. He, he 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 was sambhashana conversing the absorbed in the taste of conversing with the topmost vaishnava then what happens sanyukta he leaves aside nitya and dancing and everything he stops so you see what Brihad Bhagavatamrita is, every person that you go to, there's so much ras and understanding. And Sri Prikshit said, upon hearing this, the sage Narada was shocked, thinking, oh, whoops. Narada then recited prayers, glorifying Lord Shiva as the supreme control of the universe, and elaborately proclaimed, the fullness of the mercy bestowed upon Lord Shiva by, by Krishna. Lord Ruja, the best of the Vaishnavas, the initiator of devotional service to Vishnu, at once covered his ears and angrily replied. Ruja said, I am not the Lord of the universe, nor am I the object of Krishna's mercy. I am just a poor soul, always hankering for the flavor of the servant of his servants. I'm just hankering for that. That's all. I'm not this. I'm not this. And why am I hankering for it? Because I don't have it. Don't say this again. 
Brikshin said upon hearing this, the sage Narada was shocked, thinking that he acted offensively at once stopped praising Lord Shiva's non-difference from Krishna, began to speak in a soft voice. See, Narada said, you certainly know the confidential mystery, mysterious glories of Lord Vishnu and the Vaishnavas, and you have expertly explained those glories. The best of Vaishnavas therefore aspire for your mercy. Lord Krishna also has great regard for you and extensively spreads your glories. Has Krishna not worshipped you many times in his various incarnations and taken from you many boons? Lord Shiva, Prikshit said, hearing this, Lord Shiva could no longer maintain his gravity. Ashamed, he sprang to his feet, covered Narada's mouth with both his hands and said, don't ever mention that arrogance of mine. He then boldly told Narada with surprise in his voice, just see the incomprehensible power of the pastimes of the Supreme Lord. Oh, my Lord is so sober. He is such a deep and varied ocean of great qualities. Even though I've committed many kinds of offenses against, against him, he still does not reject me. I'm an offender. Sri Parikshit said, seeing Lord Shiva completely absorbed in the transcendental taste of pure devotion for Krishna, Narada, please beyond limit, grasped Lord Shiva's feet, made him sit down again and spoke to appease him. Narada, you are so dear to Lord Achyuta, is it possible you could ever offend him? Though people sometimes see what they think you think are your offenses, he never sees them at all. And then, then there's some more discussion. But our ecstasy has carried us to... We really, through these things... Through these stories of Brihat Bhagavatamrita, we really get like a flavor of what is a Vaishnava? Because it's so antithetical to how the false ego guides one. So antithetical. And reading these things, and I, I like to go back to the Sanskrit because uh, some Bhashana Rasa the rasa of conversing. Unmata drove him mad. And then Aslisha, he had to stop. Nitya, dancing. Very nice. Okay, we have a nice, somehow, you know, we have a nice, let's see, we have a nice group today. Uh, Jamuna Jaya, did you have to go yet? You're still here? I think she had to go teach her class on Sundays, yeah. Gail? Hey, Krishna Maharaj. Yeah. Gail, I, I thought you fainted in this <laughs> ecstasy. <laughs> Please pray for me one day. I may do that while hearing about Krishna Kata. Yeah, well, well, you're, just, you're just one of those humble Vaishnavas that won't admit your glories. <laughs> one day I can I hope to have that for real too but um, anyway um, just a couple of things one is you know when you were saying that the ghee lamp represents the heart of a Vaishnava yeah. yeah. I was thinking what, how, how is the ghee lamp singled out for that when everything that the Vaishnav offers or does is a manifestation. Well, maybe of it's, I, I look, you know, I've been in Vrindavan and I've heard many things from many sadhus, which I haven't read any place and I've accepted until Gail asks a question. <laughs> <laughs> so I just repeat them out of faith. <laughs> it, it made sense to me. It just looks like, you know, like, it just seems like the heart. It's so beautiful, the, the flame. But yeah, I guess it could be anything in one sense. But that sadhu that I listened to, I guess he was just indicating. And I think the main point is it's not just transforming the material 
It's not just transforming the material into the spiritual. But it's um but it's it, it's it's an emotional thing too. It's not just tantra. Vaishnav Tantra, it's not just this transformation. But it, it, it's, yeah, okay. Gail? <laughs> uh, just one one more thing, Maharaj. Is, uh, but if you ask one more thing, I'm going to wish you'd become a Catholic. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not converting. I'm not converting. Okay. Uh, that, that's yeah. a joke. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just wish it were a little more obvious to me how it is that when a, when we don't like being wrong the connection between that and our and the desire for power because knowledge is power we control if we're right let's you have an argument if you're right with someone then you have power yeah i mean what's the power dear the power to do what <laughs> it, it, power is for control. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, when I think of power, I think you know, I can make you do something. You know, whether well, you want to or not. You can if you have if knowledge is power. Bhaktivinoda Thakur said that knowledge is power. These are one of the opulences, and they enable you to control the world. If you're thought of as more learned, if you 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 know, then then you have power, you can control. Any opulence allows you to control. You have money, you can control. You have beauty, you can control. You have knowledge, you control. And therefore, we, we're very you know. But I see this, yeah. That's what it is. In that, if you're arguing with someone, and then you say to your husband, "Yes, dear, you're right." <laughs> Okay, now you now you understand it. Okay, I, I, I gotta try that. Oh, okay, I, yes. Okay, you finally understood it. <laughs> Maharaj, just to go real, real dry for just a half second, the difference between scriptural and philosophical analysis. When you were talking about the six darshans, what is that? Well, a scriptural anal philosophical analysis like Jnana. You know, they, the Shankya is analyzing all the elements. And and scriptural analysis is hearing the scriptures with faith. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, Maharaj, thank you. Yeah, you asked me anything I've heard of, but I haven't analyzed deeply. Because <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, okay. Anybody else? Did I see Rod? Hey. Good. Thank you. Thank and you. Also, where, uh, where are you? Are you in your house? Yes, I'm just in a different room. Not such good reception in that room. Sorry. You you can't hear me well. I can hear you, but you were broken up. I heard you. I just wanted to tell you uh, one thing. When you were telling about the monkey and the computer in the room, it really felt for me like that today when you started to speak and you really pulling me out of the whole conception of material life you know of all my daily daily chores and so on you're really pulling me on a totally different realm of reality which is spiritual reality i really felt this transition today right because you saw of course the duties and all that if you just look at them as duties but there's a deeper meaning right right, right. You, yeah. you just like up for me my vision and open up for me like, a whole different level today <laughs> wow okay. I, i'll make a joke it's a private joke well maybe i've brought you the level the next time you serve me soup you won't put sour cream in it <laughs> okay okay anybody else like to say hello <laughs> Hare Krishna, 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 Krishna. Krishna. here oh tota 
Hare Krishna. See you in a week. Yeah, that's going to be great. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Bhakti Devi, Hare Bo. Hare Bo. Um, I, you know, I kind of was a little bit blown away, and I don't know if I should have known this, but when you, when in the verse it said that Brahma's post is occupied by a jiva. And actually, if you look at the commentary, what it says is it's a jiva that has followed their duties in life perfectly for 100 births. Ah, you know, <laughs> my mind, I'm like, boy, what did you have to do in life to get that post? <laughs> All of a sudden, Bhakti became disappointed. Oh, my God, I can't become Lord Brahma. I can only become the senior vice president of a bank. Okay, but um, but here's the other thing. Then, after that, you're still not qualified for Shiva Loka until you become liberated. Mm. So Shiva Loka was that, and Lord Brahma was saying that that Shiva Loka was even a higher thing. Yeah, that's 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 wild. This is a great book, the Spriyat Bhagavatamrita. It's almost like a novel, and the editing. I don't think there's ever been a, a a scriptural book with this level of clarity. And I was there when it was being edited. Sometimes I would I would go in the room and you'd have Gopi Pranadana, Hesha Bharti Marj, and Jayad Waitamarj arguing over one word. And what So who's whose translation is it? This is Gopi Pranadana. He's my god brother. I actually, when I used to go to the Brooklyn Temple. It was so dynamic that every week I would sit down next to an amazing devotee for two years because I was going there for every, like, amazing. So I sat down with, with him, and he was a person who had studied linguistics in Columbia University. And then he, you know, became a devotee, and he worked with the Sanskrit department and became... You know, such a, a Sanskrit scholar. He's a very humble person. He also lived in Govardhan in the same complex that I live in. And uh, amazing guy. And, and then after, you know, translating so many books and, and editing so many books, he started to preach. And he went to China. And he, he, was, he learned Chinese. <laughs> He was learning Chinese. He's had that linguistic thing, and then he 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 was preaching and in China and going to and he came back for two days, and he 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 passed away in Govardhan. Mm -hmm. He had asthma and he just passed away. Yeah. And and can I ask you whose translation of the Yoga Sutras? Professor Edwin Bryant. His name is Edwaita. It's 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 unparalleled it's unparalleled um yeah he's Thank a wonderful, you, wonderful vaishnav advaita yeah okay anyone else i'm on a codice bob hey bob where are you, lady? We're in Vancouver. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. All right. At least you're at the same time. No. Oh, you, you have to wake up early for my class. Yeah, it's very early morning. That's good. Now it's 6 o'clock. Yeah, but it was What's 5 o'clock. Now okay. it's 6 o'clock in the morning, but it was 5 o'clock, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, Harry Bo. Thank you. Okay, Hare Krishna Maharaj. This is Himala Tarada. Thank you so much for class. Oh, Harry Bo. Good. Nice to see you. Thank you. Likewise, Maharaj. Have a safe trip tomorrow. We'll be together in just another short while, maybe another month. Yeah. Yes. Every day around Govardhan half, you and Sham. And then you're done the background with Jai Jagannath. Yes, Maharaj. Okay, Haribo. Anybody else? <laughs>
Hare Krishna, Maharaj. This is Chad. Um, I think I, you know, I just wanted to share. I, you know, that that analogy or the metaphor of a ghee lamp for like bhakti of or yes. service actually makes so much sense to me, especially because you shared with you know part of it. Part of what you shared was the intense longing, yeah. and anyone who's been in the darkness knows when you're grabbing for a light, <laughs> you're looking for something. And, and I think that is just so profound and, and, and something that kind of comes up for me is, you know, um, C.S. Lewis, he has this idea that, uh, of, of, and, and surprised by joy that we find longing, not just in the dark places, but in, in happy places. And he gives an example of when, when we're looking at a beautiful sunset, we're so overwhelmed by how beautiful it is, but there's this nagging feeling that is this all there is? And, and that we're haunted by that longing. Um, and so it's not even just in, in dark places, so to speak, but in, in ha happy places that we're still longing for something more. And then in, in the key lamp uh, really, to me, symbolizes that. Wow. Um, really thank, thank that. that. Thanks for that, Chad. Okay, well, I see you next week. Yeah, you, you will see me, Maharaj. Okay, great. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for class. My main man, Amala. Hi, Bo. See you. Okay. And I will receive that Maharaj uh, at Jack's house a week from Tuesday. Right? Nice. And the Maharaj who, who has a motorcycle gang called Ahimsa. Yeah. They, they, they rug into town with their jackets and everybody's terrified of them. And then they take out the Dungan cartels and do Harinam and distribute Basadam. Oh. Yeah. So he's going to come on Tuesday to my, ha my house. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you guys want to come. You can still stay at Greg's. You can come down for that program and then go to the airport. Oh, right. today. I would definitely, anyway, we'll see. Okay. Amal, Haribo. Haribo. Thank you. We're missing you and Kali. Uh, I'm missing being in Kali. Not enough tattoos this time. <laughs> okay. Anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Narmasek is here. Hare Thank Bo. you for the class. It was wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Hare Thank you. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Garage. It's all Govinda. Thank you for class. Hare Bolal. Hare Bol. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Okay, great. Anybody else? Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. This is Champak. And Damodar Wow. It's see you, see you next week, Maharaj. Hey, Thanks great. See you soon. Champak. Yes. <laughs> um, Mallory here is in a state of separation from you. I'm seeing her go through all kinds of transformations. Okay. <laughs> okay, how are you both? Same here. Hare Krishna. Okay, we'll go now on a bunch of culprits.